Cape Talk. Cape Talk. The open line. Call 021-446-0567. And so there have been a few things that's been on my mind this morning. And I wanted to share them with you. Uh, perhaps you've got a take on it. The first that it's been 27 years since we all turned out to vote. And those of us that were old enough to... I was <laughs> to vote in that first democratic election on the 27th of April, 1994, 27 years. And I was just reflecting on the fact that it's the same number of years that Nelson Mandela actually spent behind bars in prison fighting for our democracy. Uh, I remember turning up to vote in Seapoint at the Civic Center, I think. And uh, I took my place in what was probably the jolliest queue that I have ever stood in. The mood was so optimistic. Um, even now when I'm thinking back, I can, I can tap into the energy of that time. Everyone was just so lifted. Our spirits were just on such a high. I'm very interested to know if you participated in that first um, historic democratic vote in South Africa's history. Perhaps you would like to share your story. Perhaps something interesting happened. Um, perhaps there was a, a, a lovely story that you want to share. Part of our optimism was no doubt and in the real comfort of having a leader like Nelson Mandela at the helm of that transition. So I thought it would be interesting to revisit what he had to share with the nation uh, 27 years ago on this day. Message for all South Africans an unforgettable occasion. It is the realization of uh, hopes and dreams that uh, we have cherished over decades. The dreams of a South Africa, which uh, represents all South Africans. It is the beginning of a new era. We have moved uh, from an era of pessimism, division, limited opportunity, turmoil, and conflict. We are starting a new era of hope, of reconciliation, of nation building. We sincerely hope that uh, by the mere casting of a vote, the result will give hope to all South Africans and will make us, all South Africans, realize that uh, this is our country. We are one nation. Our message is that uh, the basic needs of the masses of the people must be addressed. The creation of jobs, of houses, the introduction of electricity, building of schools and hospitals, providing free compulsory quality education, running water, paved roads. These are our priorities. But we are also concerned about the minorities in the country, especially the white minorities. We are concerned about giving confidence and security to those who are worried that by these changes, they are now going to be in a disadvantageous position. I again repeat 
that I have throughout my life, as I pointed out in the Rivonia trial, I have fought a very family against white domination. I have fought very firmly against black domination. I cherish the ideal of a new South Africa where all South Africans are equal, where all South Africans work together in order to bring about security, peace, and democracy in our country. I sincerely hope that the mass media will use its powerful position to ensure that democracy is installed in this, in this country. And I thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. I miss that man. Listen, I'm under no illusion. I've got my gripes with my diva as well, but I can definitely say that I miss that guy. How are you feeling listening to that clip? I mean, she's saying starting a new era of hope. We certainly all felt that on that day. Of course, Nelson Mandela speaking on the uh, 27th of April, 1994, addressing the nation as we all turned out um, at the polls. Those of us who were old enough to vote, um, you know, every shape, color, size, um, station of South African for the first time could actually turn up and vote in our democracy. It was a beautiful time, and I certainly still remember it fondly. What are your memories? Um, I'd love for you to share that with us. You can do that by calling 021-446-0567, or you can WhatsApp your text uh, or voice note to 072-567-1567. So interesting to note there that the priorities that he mentioned 27 years ago, Electricity, houses, schools, hospitals, education, running water, paved roads are still the things that we grapple with today, 27 years later. And I love how he put out a call to the mass media at that time to help us make sure that the transition to democracy was good. Uh, Maybe he should have put out a call to government at that time to make sure that there was zero corruption. But... You know, we look at the Zondo Commission today, and I have no doubt that when we check in with Bob's Wire in just a wee bit, that that will definitely be making trending headlines today again. What are your thoughts? And remember, the open line is your opportunity to raise whatever is on your mind. You can do that right now simply by calling 021-446-0567 or WhatsApp your text or voice note to 072-567-156. Cape Talk. Cape Talk. The open line. Call 021-446-0567. It is 21 minutes after 9 o'clock. My name is Saskia Falcon, and we're going to be in each other's company all the way through until noon. We are inside of uh, the open line. Of course, it's your opportunity um, for you to share whatever thoughts may be on your mind this morning. It is the 27th anniversary of the first time we all turned out for our democratic elections. And I was just reflecting um, on Madiba and Nelson Mandela's role that he played in that transition 27 years ago. We took a listen to how he addressed the nation, um, his hopes and dreams and how we, um, you know, we were entering a new era is what he said, an era of hope. Um, Now, 27 years later, we reflect on it and we say, did we do all the right things? You know, it's uh, difficult to know at the time. What did they say? Hindsight is uh, 2020. Is that not true? Um, 
and interesting to think, you know, him wanting to set a precedent of not being a typical African leader, and I'm putting that in air quotes, all right, that would hang on to power, you know, uh, for decades and decades and decades. He wanted to truly show that we were a democracy. Um, And so therefore, after his terms, he stepped down. Some people might say, was that the right move to make? Would we have been in a different place today had Madiba actually stood for another term and taken us through? Had we not gone into the firepool years, um, which yeah has had incredible consequences for us? I'd love to know your thoughts. You can share that on the open line with us. Uh, something else that was really, really interesting for me, of course, uh, The Money Show is uh, one of the, my favorite, favorite shows um, on Cape Talk. And uh, Bruce is always interesting, um, interviewing very, very interesting people on very interesting subjects, even though it's a business show. It touches on, you know, things that um, uh, issues in South Africa, particularly kind of complex um, issues. He's always talking to very smart people um, about how to solve it. So recently he uh, did an interview where um, I was very excited to see that we may soon be able to generate 10 megawatts of our own electricity and sell that surplus to ESCOM. I mean, it's something that people have been calling about for a while. Um, Businesses that want to generate their own electricity um, are now going to be able to be heartened by the fact that the government has put in a proposal to raise the threshold for embedded generation from 1 to 10 megawatts. So Bruce did a fantastic... um, interview with energy analyst Chris Yelland, which I thought would be so good for us to take a listen to. Here he is. Well, step by little step, um, uh, the what we've had now is a document that has been gazetted um, giving notice of the intention of the minister to raise the limit above which you need a generation license from one megawatt to 10 megawatts. Uh, this document is out for public consultation, so it's not a fait accompli yet. Uh, and many people are pushing for this limit uh, to be raised even higher, uh, to 20 megawatts or even 50 megawatts. I just want to stress, though, that, uh, you know, even one megawatt is, is or 10 megawatts, is, is we're well above the level of domestic generation. So... If you want to put a rooftop solar PV on your house, uh, you will not even need to register with NERSA. It's less than 100 kilowatts, always in a domestic installation. You do not need to register with NERSA. You do not need a license. What you do need is permission from your distributor, which is either the municipality, like in Johannesburg City Power, or if you supply direct by Eskom, you need a letter of permission uh, from uh, from your distributor, uh, but for domestic purposes, no license is required, and no uh, registration with NERSA is required. But you're not able, in the most instances, to generate back into the grid. Uh, you can use it to supplement your own supply. This letter of permission. What is the purpose? Why do I need to go like a, a, a boarding school kid asking to go out to town to go to um, buy some, I don't know, toothpaste um, to my local municipality to say, hello, I'd like to take myself off your um, service provision? Well, you see, a, a distribution grid 
is a point of connection not only to you, to the grid, but to the grid to many other customers. So what you're doing on your system in your house, which is connected to the distribution grid, is the same grid that other people are connected to. So there is the potential for interfering with uh, and reducing the reliability of other customers. So, for example, if you're connected to the grid and you're having faults in your system, you could be impacting other customers. Not only that, there are certain safety issues. Uh, if you're generating uh, electricity and the uh, uh, you know the supply is off from the, the municipality, you could be backfeeding power into uh, into the grid uh, to other customers, and there are some safety uh, issues. Uh, but all of these issues can easily be addressed. There's nothing new in this game uh, that hasn't been done elsewhere in the world millions and millions of times. So it, it's it's just something that you've got to deal with. You've got to put in place the necessary safety standards. Uh, but uh, you do need permission from your local authority to connect to their grid because the grid belongs to the municipality or the, the, the distributor. So you need their permission to connect to their grid if you are doing what is called a grid-connected system. If you are is, completely oh. off-grid, you don't need any permission. Okay. Okay. Now, that's important. If you manage to get yourself off the grid and you start generating all of the electricity you think that you need without any dependence, well, then you're not going to cause a problem for anybody else. When it comes to the municipality, I mean, are there any circumstances in the, under which they can refuse you permission? Um, here, you, you know, we, you're allowed to do it. Gov- central government says you're allowed to, but you need to notify your local authority. Uh, is there any circumstances under which that local authority can go yet? Yes, for example, uh, they need to install the right metering equipment uh, to make sure that if you were to generate back into the grid, you're not causing the electricity meters to start rotating backwards, or in other words, to start uh, and, and, uh, you know, giving you credits, uh, because they don't want you to get credit for generating back into the grid. There are one or two municipalities that do allow electricity uh, generation back into the grid, uh, most notably Cape Town, uh, and there are others as well. But the majority of municipalities, uh, not only do they not give you credit for generating back into the grid, they, they, they actively don't allow it. It is definitely a story that we are watching very closely. That, of course, Bruce Whitfield on The Money Show uh, chatting to energy analyst Chris Yelland, talking about the fact that government has proposed lifting the threshold for embedded generation from one megawatt to 10.